And we're back. Did you miss us? Because we sure missed putting out an episode for you last week. But we took a little break, and uh, which is good from time to time. And we were able to compile some really good audio for you um, from our first gorilla pod that happened at the Indie Lit Fest a couple of weeks ago. We had a brave soul named Jody Walker who came down to talk about her uh, children's book called Sophie, Milo, and the Great Change. Um, she was uh, one of the authors featured, and she also did a panel at the Indie Lit Fest. Um, and for those of you uh, who aren't familiar, we talked about this briefly in episode 123, which is our podcast about podcast episode. Um, I did a panel at Indie Lit Fest and also set up this thing called a gorilla pod, meaning I would show up, people could come on, and they could talk about whatever they wanted, share their stories. Um, it could be people associated with the festival, or it could have been anybody off the street. So it was pretty exciting. We had um, a lot of interest, but only one brave soul who uh, who decided to get on the mics and, and uh, talk to us. So I consider that to be a success, considering it's a new uh, endeavor. So we're going to do it again, and when we we do, uh, maybe let us know if you are interested in doing it. That way we can make sure we have enough time allotted. Um, but I think it's a good experience for us to get out into the community and interact with uh, multiple different people and hear what they have to say. Um, so if you are interested in uh, obtaining a copy of Sophie Milo and the Great Change, you can do that uh, locally at Main Street Books in Frostburg, uh, Mountain Shine Creative here in Cumberland, or you can get it on Amazon, and we have direct links on our website, and that's recordtacklison.com. While you're there, make sure to check out all of our previous episodes, and make sure to subscribe. We have a little button to do that on the side, but we're basically wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I would be um, kind of neglectful if I didn't talk about Relish Pod. Relish Pod is going to be putting out an episode soon, I promise. Um, to tide you over, you can listen to their fall episode. It's episode number 15. It's all about apple cider. It's really great. Um, so you should definitely check that out. Um, but they are working hard on their Thanksgiving episode. So stay tuned for that. And just a reminder, both podcasts, Relish Pod and record talk listen are always on the hunt for great sponsors so if you want to sponsor the show we would love to have you it's really simple and uh and we can make that dream come true for you well um jody walker made my dream of a successful gorilla pod happen by showing up and and uh and talking to me so without further ado let's get right in to the episode with the author of sophie milo and the great change Jody Walker, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're my first gorilla potter, so thank you for having the courage to come. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. Thank you. So you're a children's author and a potter, right? Right. Yeah. And is this your first book you've written? Uh, no, it's the second. Okay. Um, and we have one more on the way. Do you have a, uh, a finished amount of books you want to do or as many as you can think of? I, I guess uh, if the spirit moves me to, to write again, actually, I have a collection of poems oh, that good. I want to put in a book. Fantastic. Yeah. So the book um, we're going to talk about a little bit today is called Sophie Milo and the Great Change, and it's um, a children's fable. And how long did it take for you to come up with a concept? The concept has been with me for many years. I uh, taught elementary school for 20 years. I 
have two children of my own and two grandchildren. And I have felt for a long time that there's a, a major disconnect between organized religion and that desire for the great mystery we call life or love or the universal force. There are so many different names, but no name mm-hmm. can ever describe what this great mystery is. And I think uh, our culture is starving for this spiritual longing, which really isn't fed um, a lot of times. And so uh, I have for a long time been involved in interfaith dialogue, which I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Richard Rohr puts it very well. He says that uh, the spiritual journey is a gradual path of deeper realization and transformation. We're all on some spiritual path. And it's never a straight line. It's always a back and forth journey that deepens. And the conscious choice, the conscious relationship to the great all that is, it's like growing up, yes, but even more than that, it's about waking up. Mm-hmm. And I think we're waking up. And I feel very hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I feel that sometimes people get very um, involved in maybe their career choices and just getting caught up in the um, the monotony of the rat race slightly. And, and you can miss uh, beautiful things that are happening right outside your door. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've written, and so consequently, you've written this beautiful book about Sophie and Milo and spirituality, um, which I think is really important and a level of connectedness to other people and your surroundings. Yes, and I think children's books are all all have a spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. I love children's literature, and when you're around young children that have not yet been distracted by all the the cultural things that interrupt our connection with nature, Um, those kids are alive with wonder. They're so curious, and they want to learn. And uh, something happens along the way. And maybe it's a journey we're meant to go through. Maybe it's a journey that... um, we, we look back often and we remember our childhood and how wonderful we have memories of being in the woods or being at the lake or going on hikes. A lot of my memories are related to the out of, out of doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's so important to kids. But I think it's embedded in our DNA, this quest that we're on and... Uh, it's it's very exciting, and when we lose that, uh, we lose so much, and at the same time, we destroy things. And if you don't mind me going into the spiritual aspect, I'd say for about five hundred years we have been under a patriarchal system, 
uh, a pyramid structure, you might say, that's top down. And um, it's very competitive Mm -hmm. because it's based on something that we need for survival. It's called dualistic thinking. And we need dualistic thinking, uh, you know, right and left, uh, up and down, fast and slow. It's the way we think about uh, getting through our day. Mm -hmm. But it's not the only method of conscious uh, choice. Because with dualistic thinking, what happens is you begin to compare things. And in that comparison comes competition. And so for me, the competition started when I realized in school that grading, getting grades really mattered. Mm -hmm. And some of the children in my class that I loved so much were often humiliated because they couldn't do a math problem. Right. Um, they couldn't get the answer correct. And um, I know things have changed a lot. I'm 72 years old, so <laughs> things were pretty structured when I was a child growing up. But that hurt me. Even though I could do the math and I could do the English and could get good grades, in my heart, um, it hurt me that... I had classmates that were uh, just as much alive and, and involved in this whole life as I was. And somehow they went out of the school system feeling less than. And we can't do that to our children. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we compare, we compete. And what that introduces is conflict. We can see a conflict between two people, and there's a conflict between communities, and then there's a conflict between countries, Mm -hmm. and it's all over the world. Conflict causes one group to condemn another. And also, that same group that's condemning cancels out anything on their part that might be contrary to them seeing themselves as doing everything correctly. Right. And so we have what they call the seven C's. Compare, compete, conflict, condemn, cancel out the contrary. And the last, which is where we are now, is crucifixion. We are crucifying the planet. It's dying before our very eyes. And um, this time, this sixth extinction that we're in now is the first extinction that is going to be caused by us, by human beings. Is it too late to change? No. But we have to change the consciousness of the planet. And we can't use the same way of thinking that we use to create the problem. Mm-hmm. We have to come at this from a different perspective. So in the book, Sophie and Milo, um, we have two main characters. Mm-hmm. Sophie is a nickname for Sophia, which means wisdom. Sophie is a potter, and she comes from the heart. And uh, her brother is, his name is Milogos. She calls him Milo for short. And the word logos comes from logic, reasoning, the intelligence, and so on. So they make a really good team. And Sophie goes out one day and digs up this 
wonderful new batch of clay. And uh, Milo comes out and helps her dig it up. They put it in the wheelbarrow, and they take it back to their house. And Milo helps her set up her studio, and she wedges and kneads and kneads and wedges until she gets this clay all set up. And she said to her brother, what do you think I should make with this, um, Milo? And he said, well, you know, Sophie, we have a lot of cups and bowls and plates, and I noticed that you have been doing a lot of sketches, and I thought maybe you might like to design some of those little creatures in your sketchbook there. And she was really thrilled at that because in her heart, that's what she wanted to do in the first place. And so she, she ends up creating these little characters, and they decide to call them willoughbies. And I use that word because we have the word the will, mm-hmm. uh, which makes up the trinity or the threeness. We have the head, the heart, and the will. They can also, in, a, in some cultures, they're referred to as the heart chakra, the throat chakra, and the head chakra. And they're constantly in relation to each other. And in a healthy human being, they're constantly in balance and, and sharing and loving uh, and open to each other. And so Willoughby's, the will has to make the choice. They have to choose. And so in the beginning, the Willoughby's are, uh, oh, and uh, Sophia gives each Willoughby a piece of her heart. And Milo carves a brain for each one of the Willoughby's out of a really good piece of lumber. And they make a wish for the Willoughby's. They and each, each willoughby passes from their hands. The wish, or you could say a prayer, is may you always choose wonder. And choosing wonder is so easy when you're out in the woods and you're free and um, life is all around you and beauty is all around you. Uh, they gave the Willoughby's uh, the ability to run and dance and sing and play and speak and create. And for many, many generations, the Willoughby's lived a beautiful life. But something happened along the way. Uh, Something called, I think we would refer to it today as cleverness. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which we can see all around us in our advertising, especially in our advertising and in the media. And we have, uh, some people would use the word propaganda to try to get us to act a certain way, to look a certain way, to dress a certain way. And um, that's what happened to the Willoughby's. So they sort of forgot about the beauty of the world around them, and they started working to earn coin chips, and um, so that so that they could they wanted to consume the earth. They began looking at it more as a product rather than as the the life itself, uh, the planet as being alive. And that's when all the trouble started. And that's when aches and pains followed. Uh, a lot of the pain that I think we suffer today is emotional pain. Uh, it's stress from the world around us. And 
in order to access a higher level of consciousness, what we need to do is stop and breathe and breathe again and start listening to one another and listening to the earth and the beauty around us, even if it's only five minutes a day uh, in the beginning. And one day, uh, the willows were, well, one of the willows' names was Ishan. He was working in a factory, hooked up to this computer, and he was really hurting pretty badly. And he noticed some light coming in through one of the doors and decided to follow it. He opened up the door and noticed the sunshine, and he heard the birds singing, and he went outside. And he disconnected himself from the array of computerized uh, mechanics that he was wearing. And um, before long, he felt fine. The pains went away. And he was filled with this awe. And that's God. God is, is the awe that fills us when we stop and recognize who we are, and that we're connected somehow. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with the hundred monkey theory or not, but um, what happened was uh, Ishan was so overjoyed that he started doing things. He noticed a birdhouse had fallen over in someone's yard, so on his way back to the factory, he put it back in place uh, he noticed something askew on one of the woman's, uh, one of the ladies' porches, and went and helped with that. And he noticed a rabbit was caught in a, a vine and, and freed the rabbit. And before long, other willoughbys began going outside and becoming disconnected. And um, I won't go into too much regarding the rest of the story. Yeah, because you I have to get the book and read it, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. But one of the things I think that happens to the language when we focus on cleverness without the heart being involved is the language itself is crucified. And that's why one of the reasons I'm here today is this is a poetry festival. And poetry is, it uh, celebrates the beauty of language. Um, Madeline Langle said, I worry about the tyranny of language, which is incapable of containing mystery. And poetry, to me, speaks of that mystery that's all around us. In the beginning of Sophie and Milo, the Willoughbys, they sat in a circle, and there was no particular Willa in charge. Questions and dialogue were emphasized, and they honored the wisdom of all the Willoughbys emphasizing process over information. T.S. Eliot said, where is the wisdom that is lost in knowledge and the knowledge that is lost in information? Well, we're in the age of information. But nature was the focal point of their cultural activity and the interior life, emotions and feelings were honored and recognized not only by Sophie and her brother, but also by the Willoughbys themselves. I could share a poem that was written by Lao Tzu. 
When people see some things as beautiful, other things become ugly. When people see some things as good, other things become bad. Being and non-being create each other. Difficult and easy support each other. Long and short define each other. High and low depend on each other. Before and after follow each other. Therefore, the master acts without doing anything. Things arise and she lets them come. Things disappear and she lets them go. She has but doesn't possess. Acts but doesn't expect. And when her work is done, she forgets it. And that is why it lasts forever. That's great. Jody, thank you so much for coming and talking about your book. Thank you so and much. And I hope for you sell me. tons of copies. And you can get them at Main Street Books locally, Mountain Shine in Cumberland, and also Amazon. Yes. So we'll put direct links on our website for you. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thanks for coming on. Thank you. For more information on where you can purchase this book, we have direct links available for you on our website, and that is recordtalklisten.com. While you're there, check out all of our previous episodes and subscribe so you never miss another show. And um, if you want and you're feeling fancy, you can donate um, or you can become a patron of the show. That's another option for you. So there's some perks to being a patron. In order to figure out what those are, maybe explore it. And as always, we're looking for sponsors. So if you have some, if you'd like to sponsor the show, let us know. Send us an email at recordtalklisten at gmail.com. We're super active on um, Twitter and Facebook. So if you are a Facebooker and want to make sure you never miss a post, we suggest that you join the people who listen. It's a nice little Facebook group. And also to make sure to like our Facebook page. And uh, if you're on Twitter, we're at RTL pod. So make sure to follow us there. We're, um, we're constantly asking questions of our listening audience. So if you are um, on Twitter, then make sure to follow. This has been another episode of record talk. Listen, where I hit record people talk and hopefully you listen until next time. Thank you so much. <laughs>